Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, we thank you. Thank you for gathering us together to learn from the truths of your word. And I'm asking that in the name of Jesus, we will be instructed in righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right. So one of the things that I realized as I began to pastor and to, to help young people, I've done youth ministry, as it were, for about 10 years, 11 years. Been in ministry for about 11 years. And... Um, uh, we've been married, myself and my wife, or the wife of my youth, because I married early. So I've been married to the wife of my youth for 11 years. Am I right? 11 years. Okay. So um, to be married for 11 years is no joke. That's one thing. And to be happily married for 11 years is also no joke too. So that those are two no jokes. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. And then for us to be able to work together for those same number of years is also no joke. So that's the three no jokes. So I spent, so obviously I was single before I got married, right? I didn't get married from my mother's womb. But I realized as I work with young people all over, I have the privilege as a pastor to counsel young people and also have the privilege as a mentor to mentor young people, I realize that there is a grave mistake in our generation. Two things. Number one, the subject of sex is highly, uh, is, is underrated and overrated. So we are a very sexually active generation. Sex is a big deal in our generation. So that's why it's a singles forum. I'm going to be, so I'm going to be teaching without checking who is in here. So, Sex is so, it is almost like a God in our generation. And it has shaped our perspective of many things. We have high rates of pornography. And if you look at Google statistics, our nation is one of the highest countries that searches for pornography online. And um, we have issues of lesbianism becoming a normal way of life. We have issues of homosexuality becoming a normal way of life. And people coming up with the fact that they were born that way. They are not attracted to men. We're going to deal with all of that from scriptures. One of the singles forum we're going to uh, look at the subject of homosexuality. What does God say about it? And um, we, 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 so we are in a very 
dangerous generation. Uh, we almost do not see anything wrong with cohabiting. Um, we don't see anything wrong with um, uh, premarital sex. It is almost like if you are not engaged in premarital sex, it's, there's a problem with you. And unfortunately, so first of all, if you come for this singles forum, I am assuming you are a believer. So God's word is the final authority of whatever we teach here. Is that okay? All right. And if you are not a believer, we are believing for you to become a believer by the time you come for the forums. So we are going to look at the word of God and allow it to shape our mindset. And the reason I'm saying all of this before I start is because we now are in a generation where it is difficult to separate right from wrong. We have, we have almost thrown the word of God away. We've almost thrown it away and decided our own standards. Uh, an English apologist and a man by the name of Malcolm Modridge said something. He said, when you are, I'm paraphrasing now, he said, when you are moving the fence in a place, he said, ask yourself, why were those fences put there in the first place? If we keep changing the boundaries, why were those boundaries put there in the first place? So, uh, and in fucking with people, in counseling with people, I began to look at what are the parameters for our choices of marriage. You realize that the parameters are changing. Our divorce rate is high, separated, uh, families on a high end. And, and, and you ask yourself, if we continue on this path, for how long are we going to travel? You even have single people now who don't even want to get married. They don't even see anything in marriage. Ah, why would I want to go through all that stress? They, they see marriage as stress. And yet, they are products of that stress. If that stress was not in place, they will not be able to be alive to see it as a stress. But why? You can't blame them because some of them have all kinds of experiences that probably they will not be able to share with you. You see uh, high uh, statistics of rape going on, all kinds of rape, rapes that are unheard of. And so I'd like us to begin to take some of these things very gradually and begin to look at them gradually and decide on which way our own lives, the direction that our life is going to head. Because you cannot be able to control the whole society, but you can control your life. Praise God. You might not be able to control the choices of the people around you, but you can control your own choice. And you can decide how you want to be led. A missionary by the name of George Muller said something. It says the vigor of spiritual life will be exact proportion to the place held by the Bible in our life and our thoughts. That the vigor of our spiritual life, 
how, how alive we are spiritually will be determined to a very large extent to how much of the word of God we hold in high esteem in our thought life and in, in our practical life. There are basically faces in life. There are, there are faces in life. Life is made up of faces. Life is made up of faces. You know, sometimes when we, um, myself and my wife, when we stumble, I've, I have a hard time watching our marriage video. She, she, sometimes she, she wants to play it <laughs> because I can't imagine seeing myself that way. <laughs> Praise God. You know, sometimes you ask yourself, how did you get this way? How? You just realize 10 years is gone. So life is in faces. Right now, we are, as parents, we are waking up to the realization that our little boy, few days back, is becoming a teenager. And we are getting ourselves ready. <laughs> so we're like, okay, you go talk to, to, to him on this. Okay. You know, you, you just imagine this boy. You wish he was just a child. But now he's grown. Are you following what I'm saying? So life is in phases. So first of all, you have the, the childhood where you are a child and you get up to a teenager. In that phase, you are dependent. As a child, you are what? Dependent. Praise God. You're dependent on who? You're dependent on your parents. You're dependent on your teachers. You're dependent on a lot of people. So that is a dependent stage. Everybody say dependent stage. I can't hear you. Say dependent stage. So that is a phase. The phase of a child is the phase where you are dependent. Right? Then when you move on from that childhood phase, now realize what, what we're doing in our singles forum. We're, not, we're going to be teaching about how to get married, who to get married to, what to do and all of that. But the truth of the matter is that we're not just, we're not just gathered to discuss who to get married to. Do you understand? There are, there are things that should lead to that. So those are the things I want to teach until we get to that. We're going to deal with all of those subjects. That's why we have to meet monthly. But don't be in a hurry to say, go to the main point. The main, that's the main issue. No, 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 no. These are the main issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's almost like we live our life waiting for that point. And some of us, we even have not realized that even without marriage, we are complete people. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's almost like, you know, when are you going to be complete? No, you are not going to be complete. You are complete in Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Because if you keep putting your, there's pressure on yourself to get married, you will get into the wrong hands. Why marriage is a good thing, marriage is not the predominant determinant of the fact whether you're successful in life or not. And we must deal with those issues. It's a good thing. Are you following what I'm saying? So, our goal is not just to gather about relationship because like I, like I said, I just realized that most of us are so big on relationship, big on relationship that 
the period we should become complete human beings in that sense so that when we come into a relationship we bring value we have spent it on relationships right from secondary school you know what people have been, i've had relationships from secondary school relationships secondary school secondary university post university nyc if you check their life they have actually been in a relationship for over 15 years some are using their lives as trial and error for relationships. So people learn something, they try it on you. It doesn't work, they drop you. They go again, they try it on you. You are the ever-present experiment in the times of need. Always jumping from one relationship to another. And, and if we ask, oh, which of my ex? We have to bring a book. We will now check which ex. Which ex? Ex. Four years ago. You say, okay, four years ago, which period, which quarter? It's the first quarter, I would say, oh, it's John. No, I'm not with John again. And it is almost like a status symbol. It, 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 we, we almost wear it as a badge. We wear relationship as a badge. Not knowing that relationship was created for a purpose. And for some of us, when relationship is broken, it is like our whole life has been broken. God cannot even talk to us anymore. Oh God, this one man, this one that came, this color I've been looking for all my life, and the color finally showed up. Now the color is gone. As fulfillment, our joy, our happiness, everything is tied to that one person who will say, I love you. I can't sleep without you. We're going to look at into. The, we're going to demystify those lies. There's nobody in this world who can sleep without you. After they said that, they will go to sleep. <laughs> you have to demystify those lies. Praise God. If you want to be deceived, you will be deceived. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I want to take my time. That's why we're making sure that everything is recorded so that we can help the we can help multitudes of people. So we can build a strong church, a strong kingdom community. So in the child stage, when you are a child up to being a teenager, you are dependent on your parents, on a lot of people. When you become a single young adult, if we use that word now, young adult between after just immediately after your teenage years and you are getting to the university and before you get married, whatever that window is, you are independent. You are independent. Note my choice of words. We're going to come back to them. So when you are a child, you are dependent. Are we together? Say amen if you're here. When you are a young adult or a single person, you are independent, meaning that you don't rely on anyone. Right? Now, when you become married, you become interdependent. You, 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 are you following what I'm saying now? So when you're a child, you're dependent. When you are single, you are independent. You can decide, for instance, some of you who are single now, your friend might just come into this place and say, ah, I have a movie in my house I want to watch. So oh, let me join you. You can just go there and you might spend the night there and not come back again. Why? Because there's nobody who is going to ask you, where did you sleep? 
Right. You can just, and from there, you can just go for a funeral. So, ah, my, my uncle is dead. Ah, that your uncle, ah, that your uncle that used to give us money is dead. Ah, why now? Why did he die? Who killed him? <laughs> it's me. Okay. So, just, ah, but I don't have clothes. Say, no, you can wear my trousers. So, you, you wear borrowed, uh, borrowed, borrowed trousers and borrowed shirts. And then you head to the funeral. And from that funeral, you realize you met your old school friend who just lost his mother. And then you collect another new set of clothes and you head off. What you just said you wanted to do after the meeting was to go and watch a movie, but you have ended up in two funerals. Then you just remember that one of your cousins is wedding in Lagos. So they send your clothes across the river to you in, 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 in Ahoda and off, you are off to Lagos. And meanwhile, we're waiting for you in church on Sunday to take the solo. You just sent text, sir, I'm in Lagos now. I will explain. And we can't do anything because even as much as you're a member of the local church, you're actually not dependent on us, as it were. You, are, you have that independence. Now, when you become married, you cannot just decide that. You are now interdependent. That means you rely on your spouse and your spouse rely on you. So you realize that in your life, in your, the, the, the complete circle of your life, there is only one space where you actually, actually are independent. Once that space is over, you would always rely on someone else to make a decision. You know, I can't just decide to travel right now. I have to find out if my wife is okay with it. And you know, even if she's not okay with it, I will not be traveling happy. I don't know if you understand. You know, even if you say, oh, you're traveling too much. And I travel, I'll just try to say, how are you? Have you eaten? Have you taken your bath? Have you gone to church? All those questions is not because I want to know if she has eaten. It's just because you want to look for a way to appease her. You, then you start talking about the importance of the journey. Ah, this journey is going to be a blessing to people. What are you, what are you doing? You cannot just right now because you're interdependent. And at that stage, listen carefully to me, whatever decision you make affects the other person. If you choose to be lazy, it will affect the other person. If you choose to be strong, it will affect the other person. Are, are you following what I'm saying? At that stage, even if I choose to be an active, strong man, if my wife is giving me issues, it will affect me. Are you following what I'm saying? So you realize that... There is only one stage in your life where you have almost absolute control of your life. And that stage is the most critical stage of your life. That stage is the most critical stage of your life. Because at the stage where you are a child and dependent on people, Whatever they do, whatever they didn't do, whatever they plan to do can affect your life only up to a, st a certain stage. And when you get to this stage, you can rewrite that history. So if you grew up in a home that there was no love, if you grew up with all kinds of experiences, when you have come of age as a single person, you can say, well, I choose and I decide to go forward with my life. Now this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. By the time you are single, whatever decision you make, you are going to live with it. 
Because you are, from that single period now, you are almost moving to the final phase of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that short period, it's almost like a defining moment. <laughs> it's almost like a defining moment. So you realize that sometimes you get married to people who didn't maximize or use their single period properly. You now realize that instead of marrying a man, you have married a baby. Are you following what I'm saying? You will not become, you, you, you will not begin to reconstruct a human being again. You just realize that this guy didn't learn anything. He didn't learn to save. He didn't learn to make decisions. He didn't learn to be sacrificial. And someone say, oh, he was not raised like that. I don't buy that theory. If you were not raised like that, when you got to the point where you were absolutely independent, you could have made choices to retrain yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? But you know, the problem is this. When we get to this stage, this is the stage where the enemy throws relationship and sex at us. And instead of working on ourselves, getting better, you know, getting ready for the final phase of our life, we are so caught up in relationship to the extent where we just discovered we have entered that interdependent stage. And it's almost like we wasted our single period searching for what is not lost. Praise God. <laughs> so, not understanding this phase of life would result in confusion. You know, some of you are not married right now, but you're in relationships. The only thing that makes you not to be married is the fact that you don't have a certificate. That's the only thing. You cook, you sleep, you kiss, you carry clothes from his house to your house to wash, you cook food and bring in cooler. You, you, you live a married life. The only thing is you have not been officially recognized either by the church or the law courts or your parents. And the time you should spend getting yourself ready, you are ready, you are ready uh, unofficially married. So you realize that by the time you now finally get married, you have wearied yourself already. And for this part, you realize that even for some of them, there's no difference between that period. So, For any person who is single, you must set your sail very early in life to be able to arrive at your destination. You must set your sail. It must guide everything you do. I have never believed in my life that, oh, I need to rush, I need to rush to get into the, I've never believed that. I've always believed that if you live right and do the right things and stay consistent and get a walk on yourself, God knows how to sort you out. That struggle, Mr. Wright, 50 questions to answer before Mr. Wright comes, 78 questions. <laughs> you see, most times um, you realize that if you hear people talk, 
not people who are just posting for Facebook. I don't be carried by all that. There are people who post things on Facebook that is just for social media. But if you actually meet people who are happily married, one of the words you will constantly hear from their mouth, one of the words, is that this, my wife, is a gift of God for me. This, my husband, is a gift. They will almost like, they will almost like confess their unworthiness to have that kind of person in their life. You know the reason why? Because they were not actively searching for it. They were getting, they were getting busy with purpose. We're going to look at that in the book of Genesis, maybe in our next class. And it's almost like the person appeared. <laughs> Praise God. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Praise God. Look at this. Psalm 119 and verse 104. Psalm 119 verse 104. Your, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. How would you hate every false way? Through the precepts of God. Through your precepts, through your guidance. I get understanding. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my paths. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgment. Here was the psalmist. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you realize that we live in a very wicked and deceitful world? The scripture says, the whole world lieth in wickedness. Someone will approach you that he wants to get married to you, not knowing he has four or five girlfriends. How do you want to know that? When you meet a master schemer, when you meet a craftsman extraordinary, crafty to the core, his friends celebrate him for his crafty abilities. And yet he appears as gentle as a dove and as innocent as anything. Only for you to realize that this man is not who he said he is. All the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. How would you know except you receive illumination from God? Praise God. Sometimes God is preventing you from getting into a relationship that will ruin your life. But society will not allow you to see road. Taking selfie, snapping, 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 everywhere. You're just going, and you're not quiet enough to hear the voice of the Spirit. 
I remember one of the girls I wanted to marry were still, well, I hadn't told her then, but she was just in my mind, like, okay. And we're talking one day, and she made a statement. She made a statement. And uh, I got back home. And I was just praying, my regular, and the Holy Spirit highlighted that statement. I just, you know, we were, even when she made the statement, I didn't see anything wrong with it. It was just a casual statement we were discussing. I can't even remember the statement she made now, but she made a statement. And when I was praying, the Holy Spirit highlighted that statement. And immediately the Holy Spirit highlighted that statement. A scripture came to my mind. Out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. And that one line showed me the abundance of her heart. It was not now, I'll say this now, listen very carefully. It was not a bad statement. It was not that she said something like, I will kill you. No, it's not a bad statement. It was a good statement, but I knew that I've been called into ministry and I would make a lot of sacrifices for the ministry. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. For instance, my wife literally had to put her career down, literally, had to stop her career so we can do the ministry together so I can be able to travel the way I travel while she helps with the kids at home. Because if She's doing this and I'm traveling this way, then we're not gonna be able to raise our kids properly. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Now, that's a mutual understanding. Now, but you not realize that not everybody will be able to make that sacrifice. Now, am I saying that's the way to get married? No. And listen carefully to me. I don't teach my life as an example for people to, to copy. You know why? All our purposes are different. So I'm not saying that's the perfect example, all right? I'm just giving you an example based on what I said. So, but I realized that this particular lady, that statement she made was indicative of someone who was not, who is not going to be willing to make any sacrifice in that regard. Now, this is where I'm going. If the Holy Spirit of God has not highlighted that statement in the place of prayer, I would have, did I like or love her? <laughs> yes, of course. If not, I won't be talking, would you, you go and marry somebody I, you hate? Like, man, I just, I just want to get married to you. You know, I hate you. <sighs> the hatred in my heart is just pulling me towards you. Are you going to do that? So if you're thinking of marriage, it is somebody you probably want to get married to. Right. Now, this is where I'm going. You need to listen to me carefully now. You now realize that if I had gotten, uh, gone ahead with that marriage and we have been married and the time for the sacrifice to be made comes, she's unwilling to make it. And I am called to preach, to travel. I can't travel as much as I need to travel. I can't do the sacrifice I need to do to be able to pass so, what happened? I get frustrated. Are you following what I'm saying? Then I'm forcing her to make some adjustment so I can, she's getting frustrated. And you see two frustrated people together in the same house. She thinks I'm frustrating her from moving forward. Are, are you following what I'm saying? I think she's frustrating me from going forward. The truth of the matter is that 
both of us are not frustrating ourselves. Both of us in the first place were never designed to be together. I'm going to teach you, I'm going to spend one class to teach you on the understanding the will of God in marriage. And those of you who attended girls and guys, I've explained this to you before. So you realize when that tension begins to come, people will ah, but these people are now, and they ah, why is the devil like this? No, no, the devil is not around. It is just the fact that they didn't know this thing was going to cause tension. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Sometimes the Holy Spirit is not going to show you, ah, this is who you are to marry. This is the, the Holy Spirit most likely will not do that. But if you walk with the Lord, he will enlighten your paths. In a dark world, you will begin to see clearly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit of God will not help you to make informed choices. I've shared the story of when I decided to approach my wife for marriage. I, there was no, we were friends, we were very close friends. We went together and I finished youth service and I got back. Because, number one, I told myself I was not going to get into a relationship in school. Had a relationship that didn't work. So for me, four years in school was not. I told myself, once I go to youth service, the way I go, that's how I return. Because I know there is desperation in youth service. 100 level, nobody talked to you. 200, nobody talked to you. 300, somebody talked to you. 400, he got broken. Ah, this is my final year. So you are having a lot of desperados around. People that would say, ah, I love you. You don't know whether they just love you for the sake of making sure they don't, some people, their parents have warned them, don't come back. When your mates were getting married in school, you didn't. This your final year, check, oh, check. The only thing is, let it not be Igbo or Ausaman. Any tribe, any, don't come back home. Say, how many months to POP? Two months. Ah, nobody is calling you. They could be going out now. Where do you stay? Say, church, join another church, you know? So if you get into the hands of those people, ah, my brother, <laughs> anything you say, you say, no problem, no problem. You, say, you know? So, but one day I was, I was back home and I was just, you know, praying or doing something. I don't know. It just, it just came as an awareness. Oh, all the things in quotes you're looking for for somebody to be married. This your friend has it. Ah, in fact, my first stuff in my heart was no. <laughs> she was not going to agree. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes you've been been with people and say, ah, no, you are just like a sister to me. You are just like a sister to me. Ah, you now got thirty percent. Ah, sister, it's time for conversion. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're just like a sister. That's uh, we are past the sister. You, do, do you get what I'm saying? So. Your first impression is, no, no, this person is not going to. You know, but what I'm trying to say is this. Listen carefully to what, what I'm teaching. The Holy Spirit is not saying, I'm not saying he cannot say, but the Holy Spirit is not saying it is this person. What the Holy Spirit is doing is, is shining light on your path so you are seeing clearly. Are you following what I'm saying? Some of the characteristics of the person you are not seeing, the Holy Spirit can just open your eyes. You just see that, oh, there's something different. So you are not just blindly going and say, eh, eh, short girl, okay. Uh, brown eyes, ah, it's not too brown, but ah, what do we do? If, if it's only the eye, no problem, okay. 
What did you read? Can get job on time. Keyboard is yes, yes, keyboard is. He's talented. At least if he doesn't have job, one church can pay him. Love him, yes, love him. <laughs> and do all of that. And you, you can choose the devil. Do you realize that, now this is not to put fear in your heart. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm just teaching you something. Do you realize that Judas never showed any wrong character until he saw Jesus? Just like that. He never complained anything Jesus thought he believed. The money they gave him, he just was taking something from it. He didn't disturb anybody. He didn't affect Jesus' ministry. Jesus knew he didn't complain about it. Judas was not. He didn't question any Jesus' teaching. He didn't ask questions. He didn't answer any questions. All the times that Jesus said, who do men that I have? You see Judas. Judas never said. The first conversation Judas had with the Pharisees was to sell Jesus. And <laughs> when he said, oh, why don't we sell this thing and give to the poor? You know, if you were in that place as a single person, say this is the kind of man I like. Son is one that just giving money to preachers. He's concerned about the poor. I, I, how many of you realize what I'm saying? They put an expensive perfume in Jesus' feet. How many of you know that if you were a single girl in that room and Judah says, why don't we sell this perfume and give to the poor? You pinch your friend and say, that's what, that's a real guy. Care for the poor. Ah, this kind of man will be, will be full of compassion until you now read the next verse. The Bible says it was not because he cared for the poor, it was because he had the money back. <laughs> you will just go and choose a thief. And when you look at him, in fact, for Jesus to give him the money of the ministry to hold, ah, see, Jesus trusts that man. Say, who, who are you going out with? Say, Judas, Jesus' treasurer. You want to put it there. Because it makes it look like, ah, if Jesus can trust this man with money, I can trust it with my life. What is it? Money. I don't know that I was a thief. <laughs> but what happened? Scripture tell, the scripture tells us that Satan entered into him. So, let me use Judas as an example. If you want to get married to a man, what should you look for? You look for a man. That, does this man have the capacity for Satan to enter into him? Or he has the capacity to withstand Satan? Because the man can be good unto a point. But when Satan enters him, things begin to change. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying now? Come on, are you following me? So instead of saying he likes the poor, he, he's always following Jesus, he's holding the bag, you will now begin to look at deeper things. The, the Spirit of God will begin to shine stronger lights. You will see beyond what everybody's seeing. You begin to see that this man, the way he doesn't take church serious, <laughs> if we get married to this man, the devil might play with us. Those are the things that the Holy Spirit will begin to shine upon your heart. Life is very spiritual. Life is very spiritual. Praise God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. So the word of God is light, is lamp. So the amount of word that you have inside of you will determine what? The degree of light you're going to have. Glory to God. 
So you see, as a single person, that is the period to feed on the word of God. When you're feeding on the word of God, what are you doing? You are actually increasing what? The intensity of your lights. You're increasing your discernment. You're increasing your sight. You're increasing your foresight. Praise God. You're increasing your ability to see. I don't want to, I have a lot of notes, but I don't want to rush since we're going to be doing this, I don't want to rush this, the sessions. I want to take them gradually. Is that okay? So we'll still continue on relationship tomorrow. But then our next meeting, we do sexuality and, and the rest. I don't want to pack everything into. But are you, are you following me so far? I want you to understand where I'm going. So as we get the word of God into our heart, what's going to happen? The light of God's word. Let's read it again. Let's read it again. Psalm 109. Praise God. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Verse, four, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let me give you the example now. Look at this. It says your word is a lamp to my feet. Where are your feet? Where are your feet? Don't point your head. Where are your feet? <laughs> say, this is on my feet. Like, oh. You know, you just tell the stories of those days of people who used to walk with their head. All right. So this is your feet, right? So the word of God is a lamp to my feet. It means that the word of God can make me see something in the now. But that's not the only function of God's word. It says, it's light to my parts. Are you following this? So it is not just lamp to my feet. It's also light to my parts. So it means that it gives me insight and understanding into now. And it also helps me to see afar off. My path is lightened. So for instance, when wrong people are getting into your path, the Holy Spirit of God helps you to be able to see it. So the single period is a time where you should drink the word of God. Eat the word of God. What are you doing? People might think that you're wasting time. No, you're not wasting time. You are increasing the intensity of your light. Let me tell you this. You're going to spend the rest of your life in this phase called marriage. You want to spend it well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want to spend it with joy. You don't want your marriage to become a prayer point all the time. Say, yeah, my sister, how are you? He says, I pray. I pray. <laughs> I pray for my man. No. Say, I wait till I say, I don't understand him again. No, I don't just understand the man. No. <laughs> but I pray for you, Father. Father, Sister Mary's husband, understand him. Let us understand him. Let us understand him. No, 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 no. The understanding you should have gotten earlier is from the word of God. Because I'll tell you this. The human nature is naturally deceptive. Only God's word can stay right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Someone getting married to you and just calculating that if I get married to this person, if I become this person, I could just, people can plan your life. Just do that. If I marry this person, quack, 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 quack. Maybe you can just get a job here. Just, <laughs> I, I love you. What do you, I love? That is a lie. They have a map behind them. So maybe they just get married. They just spread the map. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, you know what you want to. 
<laughs> you know when you want to follow a map, say, where are we, where are we, where are we? Okay, marriage. <laughs> From marriage, we are supposed to put. No. You remember those, those two women, right, that agreed that they should boil their children when there was famine? Because we're talking about relationship. We're not talking about marriage relationship. Tomorrow I'm going to teach you about three kinds of relationship. I just want to end here briefly. I don't want to keep you long. You realize those two women that boiled their children. Do you realize that they agreed? I said, ah, there's famine. How far? I said, ah, it's my son. <laughs> He's a <horrible> boy. <laughs> He's been eating. <laughs> Will you eat? <laughs> okay, let's boil. <laughs> I mean, you see, the Bible is an interesting book. Spend time with the Bible. You see, in the Word of God, everything is in God's Word. All kinds of evils are there. The wickedness of man is there. The depravity of man is there. There's no wicked act you will see in this world that if you have read the word of God will shock you. You know, women are the most affectionate towards children. If Even if a child is not well, in quote, not, let me use the word, even if a child is, yeah, let me use the word, for instance, a child is sick and the, the mother, the father is tired or even if the child has issues, the last person to give up hope on that child is the mother. You realize that? They now, now come to the point where the mother agreed to boil the child. Have you read that story? Yes, sir. So I read the hands. Oh, this is not the hand, but it's <laughs> I'm boiled. And they serve. serve. Is it like kidney? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and they serve. I hate. Finish that uh, sumptuous meal. And the next day, they say, oh, Gaffer, no. I say, no. This is a boiling matter. Let's leave it. I say, no. You realize that a woman didn't keep to the agreement. So you discover that even though both of them thought they had agreed on something, that other woman's heart was really not there. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So even with the woman, who is that? I say, oh, this is my boiling partner. The truth of the matter is that it is she that is thinking that they are boiling partners. That woman is not going to bring the child. So what the word of God is saying is that if you stay with me, I will cause light to shine on your paths. So you'll be able to pick the motives and the intentions of people right from afar. For some of you, you might not be able to know, but you just feel uncomfortable. Everything is correct about the guy. His hairstyle, he has like three combs in his pocket. His hair is never down, always combing with small mirror. Nice guy, goes to the gym, shoes perfect. Oh, before worship song starts, he has started crying. Oh God, I said, this guy, this is the person I want. Ah, father. <laughs> you even hear people pray, if you don't do anything for me in this life again, just do this one thing. <laughs> and God is saying, I'm restraining you from evil. He said, no. And you just jump in. Praise God. At the same time, there might be people who don't appear as spiritual as you think. And God just shines a light on your path. Something simple that people and not obvious to. See, have you realized how consistent this person is in serving God? Just consistency. Because God knows that in the days ahead, the one thing you would require to be successful in life is to have somebody on you who is consistent.
the Lord highlights that. And some of you, I don't even want to go there. We'll spend one full Sunday on that. Some of you still have tribes in your head. I can marry from this tribe. I cannot marry. You are not born again. And this, these people, the people of this tribe, there's a certain way they behave. Certain, a certain, certain thing like that. I don't like the thing, but it's just in a way, certain way. <laughs> Do you know why people are still behaving that way? It's because all of us, we have chosen not to be truly born again and to live by the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, even though you too, you are born again, you still have your tribal inclinations. You have not allowed the word of God to deal with it. They say people from your tribe is stingy. You have inherited it. And yet the word of God is telling you to be generous. You have not allowed the word of God to deal with you in that area. So that is why when you now see people from other tribes, you also see people from other tribes who the word of God has not dealt with. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The truth of the matter is, if we all allow the word of God to deal with us, tribes will never be an issue. You know why? Because this, is, this will be the final authority in our homes. When we're about to get married, I went to meet one of our sisters, uncle, sisters, or something like that. I said, where are you marrying from? I said, oh, from uh, Chisigala, from Kogi State. Ah, why now? I said, why? I don't understand the why. Why, why the why? I said, do you understand our people? I'm not marrying her people. I'm marrying her. Hey, you know, it's good to study the study the people so you understand. I said, that's the issue. I don't have any problem with it. You can study the people. No, I'm, I'm serious. You can go do that study. How many of you know that you can come from a place and you allow the word of God to shine so much in your heart you don't look like where you come from? That's the person I married. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, I was not looking for the cultural, the, the best apples from that culture. Because once you start setting those framework in your mind, you will never hear God. You will never hear God. They are called idols. Let me tell you the truth. We all have tribal narratives. I'm not saying throw it away. We all have tribal narratives. But I'm sure all of us seated here today, we have met people from other tribes who we had a narrative about and those people were completely opposite of what we were told. Praise God. So your word is a light unto my path. So what is one of the most important things you should do in your single period? Get into the word. What are you doing? You're increasing the intensity of light around you to make decisions. Proverbs 6.23. Proverbs 6.23. Proverbs 6.23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. I like the Amplified. It says, for the commandment is a lamp, and the whole teaching of the law is light, and reproofs of discipline are the way of life. It says, your commandment is a lamp. Your light, the law is light. God's word is light. It will shine on our parts. It will cause us to make the right decisions, praise God. Let's begin to see the word of God from that perspective. Don't see it like a burden. One of the things we, we decided when we wanted to get married, one of the things we were clear about in our home was giving. 
Ahmed and said, we were going to be givers. She also was. Why? Because the word of God was light to both of us. And we are going to be generous. <laughs> generous. Sometimes I'm the one restraining her from giving. The other time she's the one restraining me from giving. It was nothing from our culture. We allow the word of God to lighten our paths as it comes to our stewardship of money. There are times I've gone for meetings and I'll just send my wife and say, oh, I feel impressed of the Lord. We need to give social and so amount as offering. Sometimes that's all we have in the account. She says, well, go ahead and plant it as a seed. It's not that you're in those meetings and the Lord gives you an instruction to do this. Then they say, hey, come back first. Say, oh, nah, we can't come back now. They come, they come back. We'll talk. We'll talk. Don't be in a hurry. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you, are you following what I'm saying? What is giving that light? The word of God. Last scripture. Proverbs 18, 23. Praise God. Did you learn anything today? I can't hear you. Did you learn anything today? Praise God. Proverbs 18, 23. Am I right? Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 23. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Let's do Proverbs 20, 27. Proverbs 20, 27. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. What I was looking for is that will lighten my candle. So I'm, I'm connecting it to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. You realize that your spirit is the candle of the Lord. And the word of God helps you to lighten your candle. And this is what searches all the inner depths of your heart. So God's word is like light upon your spirit. Praise God. God's word is like what? Light upon what? Upon your spirit. So the more of God's word you put in your heart, the more light and lamp that you see and light on your path. Praise God. So we're going to build up from here tomorrow on the three kinds of relationships that we have. We're going to talk about the parasitic relationship, the progress and productive relationships, and the purpose-driven relationships. So we're going to build on that tomorrow, and in August we're going to talk about sexuality. But I want, to, I want you to take out one key lesson from here today. It's that our single period is the time where we need to get enough of the Word of God in our heart. And to me, I'm not just talking about coming to church on a Sunday. And that's all. You won't have enough light. <laughs> you just have a small touch light. And I mean, if you know, you don't want to make certain decisions based on your touch light, your no care front touch light. Because you're not going to see well. Are, are we together? Come on, I said, are we together? Okay, let's, let's just pray. Father, we thank you. And we thank you for the spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of Christ. And I'm asking that light will shine upon our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.